This is our prayer for illumination. God of starlight, every part of us is trying to seek you. Our bodies that carried us into this space, our heads bowed in prayer. Our hearts that keep whispering, there is more than just this. We are seeking you like a dog looking for its owner who will search the whole house, under beds, behind doors, in every corner of every room until their person is found. We are turning over every rock and leaf looking for fingerprints that belong to you. So meet us halfway, find us in the maze, quiet the rest of the world, open the door to us with rich laughter and say, come on in. We know you're near, so know that it's you we seek. Find us in these words, gratefully we pray. Amen. First reading, Isaiah, chapter 60, verses 1 to 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness shall cover the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away and your daughters shall be carried in their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you, a multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The mystery of the ages revealed to all. Thanks be to God.
Our gospel reading for this epiphany is Matthew 2, the first 12 verses. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you found him, bring me word, so that I also might go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. Shepherd of Israel and light of the nations, made known in the gifts of those who call to other names and walk on different ways, may unjust powers and the hatred within us be dismayed by your friendship and dethroned by your love. Through Jesus Christ, the open arms of grace. Amen. From generation to generation, we keep seeking. I graduated from seminary in 2007, and I wasn't ordained until 2016. Now, most pastors are ordained right on the heels of graduation, but I am not most pastors. I had tried to get ordained in the PCUSA in 2008 and was told no, which was devastating. But I kept seeking. And so when we moved to Columbus, back to Columbus in 2009, I nearly got a job in a PCUSA church where I'd be able to do youth ministry and pursue ordination, but came in second. And so I ended up working at an evangelical megachurch for four years because I needed a salary and I needed health care. And during those four years, I made good friends and did meaningful ministry, but I was not where I wanted to be. In my last year at that church, I was seeing a therapist to work through my disappointment over how my life and ministry were working out. And during that time, my theology had changed, and I wanted to be pastoring at a church that upheld the equality of women and LGBTQ people. But the road from where I was to where I wanted to be seemed impassable. In one of our early sessions, my therapist asked me, Have you had any dreams lately? 
I hadn't thought about it, but he mentioned, oh, yeah, actually I have. And then he said something to me I've never forgotten, which is our dreams never lie to us. So I told him about one dream that I had just had, which I was walking towards a traditional church building, not unlike this one. And I wanted so badly to go inside the sanctuary of that church, to to sit in that holy place. I somehow knew that inside that church is what I was seeking. And on my way towards the building, three men were coming the other direction. They all had clergy collars on. And I tried to catch their eyes so that maybe one of them could let me in the building. And none of them would look at me. All I wanted was to serve in ministry in a church like this, but I couldn't even get a look from the people who held the keys. And if I was going to go inside, I would need to let myself in. I had to keep seeking. As we begin a new year here at Covenant, we begin a new gospel as well. Last year, we spent time with Jesus and Luke and that metaphor of the big table. And this year, we are in Matthew. Matthew has his own perspective on Jesus. Matthew is the most Jewish of the four Gospels. He is constantly pointing out how Jesus is the fulfillment of Israel's story. We see that in our reading here today. Now, that word Israel, right, it it has a meaning. And the word Israel means struggles with God. And that, that is the story that Jesus fulfills. It's a story of struggle, of seeking and getting lost and being found only to start the process all over again. You may recall on the first Sunday of Advent I preached from Matthew is the genealogy of Matthew 1. And we found that Matthew highlighted five women that we would never expect to show up in a royal family tree. Tamar and Ruth and Rahab, Bathsheba and Mary. Several of them are Gentiles. All of them have stories that we might consider shameful, and yet Matthew proudly uplifts them to say they belong here too. All those women knew struggle. All of them were seekers. And as Matthew continues the story, he introduces more seekers to us, people we would never guess belong in this story, and yet here they are. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the Magi from the east came asking, where is the child who's been born King of the Jews? Who on earth are the Magi? Our closing hymn calls them, as our bell uh, special piece did, three kings of Orient. Well, we don't know that there were three. We know there were three gifts. We don't know how many of them there were. Uh, We don't know if they were kings, And they probably weren't from the Orient. But besides all that, it's a really great song, and I can't wait to... It is. It's an awesome song. I wouldn't have picked it if I didn't want to sing it. But the truth is, we don't know who the Magi were. They were these mysterious stargazers uh, who came to Jerusalem seeking a newborn king. They They were astrologers. Those who believed that the movements in the night sky were revealing the divine plan. And even though we hear this story and retell it every year, we should not get over the shock of how on earth does this end up in our Bibles? See, see the Bible doesn't speak kindly about astrology. Um, the practice is usually associated with the, the pagan nations uh, around Israel. And so Deuteronomy 18 tells 
the Israelites that when you enter the promised land, make sure that you do not in any way practice the abhorrent practices of the nations around you. And amongst those abhorrent practices are sorcery and divination. And astrology is often associated with those practices as well. And so Matthew begins this story of a Jewish Messiah with one of the greatest literary ironies of all time, in which a group of pagan Gentile astrologers who likely don't know anything about Israel's story in scriptures, that they are the ones who seek to honor and protect the Christ child, while Israel's king and biblical scholars are seeking to destroy him. You didn't see that one coming. That's the whole point. Matthew is letting us know that sometimes it's the people we least expect who know more about God than the so-called experts and keepers of the tradition. Sometimes it's the people that we have been told are abhorrent who know more about God than we do. The Magi are seekers. They are those who are open to discovering God outside of convention, tradition, outside of their own understanding. And by being open to God's leading, they end up honoring and protecting the Christ child from those who seek to do him harm. Now, I don't think Matthew tells us this as an encouragement to go check your astrological chart this week. I don't think that's the point. But I do think he tells the story right up front so that we might know that, that God doesn't belong to any one people or religion. To know that God works outside of our categories and outside of our theology. God reveals God's self in ways that we do not expect in experiences in our dreams in unlikely people. See, religion that is healthy remains open to the unexpected, while toxic religion assumes that it has everything all figured out. Matthew invites us to be seekers, to to be open to the surprises of God, to, to seek God and keep on seeking, to embrace a cultural and religious humility that says, I don't know everything about God, I don't have it all figured out, and I don't think anybody else does either. But maybe... Maybe everyone knows something about God. And if we are open to learning, perhaps God will teach us through unlikely people. Seekers make room for surprise and ambiguity, which is where God is always showing up. And Herod has no room for either. And he wants control. People who live for control are beset by fear, even if they appear to be powerful. And if we seek control, we'll never find God because God is never in our control. A God that is under our control is no God at all, but when we seek the God who is, we remain open to the unexpected, to the uncontrollable grace of God. See, this story that Jesus fulfills, this story of Israel, the story of God, is a story of grace. And grace doesn't belong to any one of us. Grace doesn't play by our rules. It is not under our control, which, if we're really honest, we don't like. We'd like to be in control, wouldn't we? Often, we're a little bit more like Herod than we are like the Magi. Or at least, I'll I'll go first. I am. But God doesn't want us to be in control. God wants us to be free. And when we let go of control, we are free to seek and keep on seeking. And when we do, God assures us that we will be found. 
The Magi find what they are looking for, and when they do, they are overwhelmed with joy. They kneel in awe before the gift of love in the Christ child. They bring him their gifts, but they are the ones who end up receiving the greatest gift of God's grace, Christ himself. And that that gift changes everything. They cannot remain the same. And God warns them in a dream of Herod's plans, and so they end up returning home by another road. In my dream, even though I was ignored by the clergy, I went ahead and went up to that church door and found that it was open. I guess I didn't need anyone else to let me inside. And in that sanctuary was everything that I had imagined, this beautiful, quiet, holy space where God dwelt, and I just spent time basking in the divine. Six months after having that dream, I found a job at Central College Presbyterian Church, and three years after that, I was finally ordained. It took a lot longer than I would have liked and still arrived right on time. My ordination service featured a a special song by one of my favorite bands, Cloud Cult. And on their album, The Seeker, they have a song that says this, May you find grace when overtaken by the tempest. May you find humor in the cynic and the pessimist. May you find faith in the great unknown. Lay it all down in a calm, safe space. And if the dream doesn't come, just wait. See, what we discover in the end is that for all of our seeking, it is God who finds us. Ours is a story of struggle, of seeking and getting lost and being found, only to start it all over again. And so we seek and keep on seeking and know that grace is what will find you. In fact, it already has. Let's pray.